Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my patron peeps, thank you so much, patrons. I could not do this without you. I wouldn't want to do it without you. You make it possible and you make it fun. Uh, So what do you say? We get on with the show, my patron peeps. Uh, Hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, trouble, staying asleep? Well, welcome this is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever is keeping you awake. Whether that's uh, thoughts, like things on your mind from the past, the present, or the future. It could be feelings coming up, uh... Feelings from the, you know, but related to the thoughts or that are just there. It could be physical sensations, changes in time or temperature or routine. Whatever it is, I'd like to take your mind off of that and keep you company so that you could fall asleep. And the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones. Extra creaky today, possibly because of my flannel and that my heater was on earlier. Uh, Creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, and superfluous tangents. That means my voice is not traditionally soothing. And because it's really more here to be soothing and distracting or just distracting enough uh, to take your mind off of stuff, uh, pointless meanders and superfluous tangents mean I'm going to get mixed up. I'm going to forget what I was talking about. I'm going to tell a story that's not going to make a whole lot of sense. Before I tell the story, I'll be talking for a while so it'll feel like I never got started. And all of that uh, is just to keep you company so that you can fall asleep, which is the most important part of the show, is you. And you getting the sleep you need and you deserve. And that's the main message I want to get across uh, at this moment, is that you do deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve a bedtime that you don't have to anticipate in a non-positive way that you say, oh, man. Like, you deserve a bedtime you feel neutral about or that you could look forward to. And you deserve the rest you need to feel rested so that your life is more manageable and uh, that you could flourish. That is very important to me. One, because I know how it feels not getting the sleep, dreading bedtime, tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. All those things I'm very familiar with. So I know how it feels there. That's why I call it the deep, dark night. But also because I know because you deserve more, if you get some rest and your life is more manageable, that means your your world's going to be better. Your life is going to be better. And that means the world for all of us is going to be better. And I know that's a little bit highfalutin or whatever, but that's really my goal that I strive for. Because, yeah, I know how it feels when I'm not rested versus I am rested. And, you know, it's uh, life is, uh, you know, tough enough to manage on its own. So I hope I can help. Now, there are a few things. One is that uh, this podcast just doesn't work for everybody. It's not everybody's cup of tea. So if you... uh, you got to give it a few tries uh, to see. Like, this is literally uh, hundreds of thousands of people have told me. It took two or three tries to get used to you because at first I was trying to listen or I was waiting for it to get started or to make sense or for you to put me to sleep in some traditional way. And then I realized, oh, no, 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 you're just here to keep me company while I fall asleep. So that can be take some time to get used to it or you might be skeptical or doubtful or frustrated. And that's the normal way to feel about the show when you first get here because it is very different. It's a very different approach, and it not a, it, it doesn't work for everybody, but it barely works for anybody on the first listen. So give it a few tries if you can. The show's free, so just give it a few tries and see how it goes. 
And, uh, like, I hope it can help you. Now, if you definitely don't like me, you don't like the show or the sound of the show already, or you say, maybe two years from now, I'll check you out again. But for now, I need something else. Sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. It's a list of sleep podcasts and uh, sleep audio and other sleep stuff or sleepy audio that you could check out. So I hope some of that helps. So, so sleep, I'm, I'm already forgetting. Um, I already got mixed up. This is a point. This isn't a point. This is a pointless meander that petered out uh, or petering out. How do you get your pointless meanders? Oh, let me count the ways. Petering out is one of them. A brain stall. My brain just stalled right out because uh, it's what brains. What do brains do? Brains. That's what we were born to do. Stall out on scoots. So okay. So the other important things. Uh, this is also a podcast that doesn't put you to sleep. It, it, that can be hard to manage too. Is uh, this a podcast that keeps you company? I'm here to more be your friend, talking to you across the deep dark night. Whether that's across one of the great seas of the world, across you know the, the the air of the deep dark night, or just across the room, I'm here to just talk to you, just like if you were calling a friend, and you put them on speaker, and you said, "Just tell me about your day," and you know I'm not going to listen though. Your friend might say, "Huh, well, you want me to talk for an hour?" Yeah, about an hour till I fall asleep. That's what my job is, to be that friend, your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar cuz, your boar sib, your boar bestie. Because like a regular friend, there might be some social compact or, you know, they might have some stakes. They say, well, sometimes I like to be listened to. And I say, for me, no, I'm here to talk. And for you, to listening's optional. So I don't really put you to sleep, and you don't really have to listen. You could listen. So if you can't sleep or you're stressed out during the day or you just want to surprise fall asleep, that's kind of what works best about this show a lot of times. It's like, oh, I just fell asleep at some point. I was kind of listening to him. Uh, so just kind of see how it goes. Like listen loosely at first, just like if sand was flowing through your fingers in your hand. Uh, you say, okay, that feels kind of good, and I, but I can't really quite hold the sand. Uh, but it's slowly moving through my fingers. Uh, so kind of just barely listen to the podcast if you can. It'll, it might put you to sleep, but I'm more here to keep you company, and then you just fall asleep. The other things I like to tell new listeners about to get you ready is the structure of the show. The sh- structure of the show is very intentional. But as you become a regular listener, it's also flexible. So there's a lot of different ways that people use the show that are longtime listeners, but there's really only one way structure I can put out on a regular basis. Uh, so that's the structure of the show. It starts off with a greeting, friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. And that's hopefully so you seal, feel seen and welcomed in, or you seal seals, uh, which I say, seal, seal, seals is in a, a verb, Scoots. And it's a, well, I just realized, part of my brain just realized it was correcting me incorrectly. Seals is a verb. But with the way I was using it, you're right. It was a, a faux verb. Because I was thinking of, I miss, actually, just a mispronunciation. But it, seal, seal sounds, sounds good. It, 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 but don't, here's the thing don't seal up any seals. Um, well, no, incorrect. Uh, if your if your jobs, I, I actually used to seal driveways, so I was sealing seals. I mean, technically, I was sealing something. Also, sealing rhymes with sealing. Is that that's not an anonym? That's a synonym, a homonym, right? Oh boy! Sometimes my voc- vocabulary is actually present. Uh, how about a homonomonomonopia? Like, uh, that's what I, that's what, I think that's what Squiggy used to say on, uh, uh, Laverne and Shirley, homonomonomonopia. Or ha- maybe he was saying, have an onomonomon, um, seal seals. Uh, I could, I could think about seal seals all day long, but, uh, Susie sell seals seals not by the seashore. That doesn't work. Seals seals. Something sealing, sealing something. I don't know. 
Susie seals seals sells seals sealing seals. There's I can't think of a way to put ceiling in there. Susie sells sealing seals. Celebratory. Susie sells celebratory sealing seals. Sealing sailing. I don't sailing. Something something somewhere. Oh, this is the intro for a sleep podcast. Sorry about that. Oh, what are the things structure the show? So it starts off with a greeting. So hopefully you feel welcome and seen. I said sealing seals there by accident. Then there's support for the show. Uh, so it can come out. Our goal is to have the podcast come out twice a week for free on all podcast platforms. And so the support of the listeners and membership and then the sponsors enable us to do that. Also to have like a robust archive if you want to listen all night long. There's over 350, 370 plus episodes in that free feed. So the sponsors and the patrons enable us to do that. Then there's support for listeners, support for the communities around the show. Uh, then there's the intro. The intro goes from like minute six or minute eight to minute 20 or so. And it's a show within a show. It serves a very specific purpose, but it, between the support and the intro, it can be frustrating for new listeners or people that expect something different. So I, I understand that. But so the intro, it really, it, it's supposed to introduce the podcast, which I'm sure someone else could do in a very effective way. I cannot, because once I go down that ceiling seals road on the ceiling, Oh, what a feeling when the seals are sealing on the ceiling. There's a, there's a tongue twister I could get behind with the L train. So, 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 but we could change. Oh, what a feeling. Oh, seals are sealing. Seals are sealing on my ceiling. There you go. There we, we came up with one. That's not technically a tongue twister. I was reappropriating Lionel Richie lyrics. So it's technically like an L train twister. So, so wheel, it was so, so ceiling when the seals are sealing on the ceiling. Oh, so, so what's uh, like, I don't know. I figure I'll figure it out in my spare time. Probably not in the beginning of a sleep podcast. This is what we do. That's why the intro goes on and on and on. But it also serves a purpose. The reason you say, why would you make a podcast intro 12 to 20 minutes long is because what I've learned about sleep and what I, the feedback I've gotten for listeners over the past like eight or nine years, however long I've been doing the show, is that uh, people need a little bit of a wind down time. That's what all the sleep stuff says, too, to ease you into bedtime, to get ready for sleep, to have a time where you transition from being awake to falling asleep. And so the intro helps with that. You could do something relaxing. You could be getting comfortable or getting ready for bed while you listen. But so the intro is supposed to ease you into bedtime. Now, there is a, some patrons that listen to story-only episodes that pay every month. And then there's people that set their timer to skip or skip ahead to 20 or 30 minutes into the show. But there's also people that listen all night long. There's people that only listen to the intros. So you can kind of see how it goes as you become a regular listener. But the intro, hopefully, for those of you that are like me, I need a bedtime wind-down routine. And I found that it's something that really helps me emotionally and intellectually deal with bedtime and feel good about it. And say, okay, we'll have this bedtime structure now. And it's different because I co-parent. So then the nights my daughter's with me, we have one structure. And then one of the nights I'm alone, well, I'm dog, you know, I'm with Koa. Koa and I have a wind-down routine. And no, that's not a joke. I put my head on her dog bed. I put my legs up on her bed, my bed. And then we meditate. That's just one part of our wind-down routine. But it's just an example. So for you, sleep with me could be part of your bedtime wind-down routine. That's what the intro serves. Then there's more business between the intro and the bedtime story. Again, so the podcast can come out twice a week, episodes over an hour for free on all podcast platforms. 
Then there'll be our bedtime story. Tonight it'll be, I guess, what is it called? A, a teapot and plaid or something? A plaid teapot? Uh, the teapot, a teapot and flannel. That's what it is. So that, that'll be, and then there's some thank yous at the end. So it's a structure show. That's why I make the show. I'm really glad you're here. I really hope I can help. I yearn and I strive. I work really hard on the show and I really hope I can help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways I'm able to do this for you for free twice a week. All right, everybody. Uh, tonight's episode is called a teapot in flannel. And oh boy, are we in for a treat tonight? This is another story that just hasn't been told before. And, you know, it's a sto- once again, story about a journey of, uh, we see this is, this is where you anthropomorphize something and it go and I say, Oh boy, you are, you listen to sleep with me sometimes. Occasionally you may hear parts of episodes. That's a great observation on your point. Though some of you might be saying, Scoots, when you say flannel, what exactly do you mean? And are you going to have trouble saying, I'm a little teapot short? And I say, well, don't you know that my favorite thing is my, I'm a little, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a normal size, I'm a rectangular placemat, uh, thin and flat. Uh, when you drop your crumbs, I got that. And, of course, this story involves not just a teapot, but, of course, a placemat, because <laughs> why would I say that stuff? But you may say, Scoots, what is a flannel, and uh, what does it have to do, like, what's flannel? Okay, flannel. I, I Technically, I don't know what flannels, does, what's it, like, a... Huh, great question. I wish I knew the answer is what I mean. If I'm being honest, to quote Captain Picard or uh, Guinan or Commander Riker or um, someone else recently did it on a show I was watching. And once again, I was impressed. So impressed, I forgot. I think it was one of the, 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 uh, the oh, was, was it Gandalf or one of the elven goddesses uh, who said, uh, I don't know. So here's the first question I have. I'm not sure if flannel is made from, I'm guessing it's made from cotton and not wool. Though I'd tell you now, it's a flannel. Probably probably best would be in wool if you could make it because uh, all the reasons flannel gets used. Flannel could be wool, uh, but I, I don't know. Um, Maybe I should pause it and look it up. Great idea. Great idea. Uh, Is that called the continuance brain? Continuity brain. Okay, good news. Of course, this Wikipedia article. uh, So one question quickly answered. I'm glad we looked it up. Uh, So this is from Wikipedia. It says, flannel is a soft woven fabric of various finenesses. Fineness. No, not just, just fineness. It was originally made from carded wool or worsted yarn, uh, but now it can be made from wool, cotton, or synthetic fiber. So that's interesting because it would say, no, I, I say against the skin, probably nice to have a synthetic or a cotton. I mean, for me, uh, versus a wool, wool or a yarn. But when I think about the purpose of flannel to keep you warm in in layering. You don't want cotton as a layer in the in the cold. Anytime you're going to be cold or wet, you want something. So you'd want uh, wool. I think yarn. I don't know. I can't. I can't answer for worsted yarn because I'm the worsted uh, when it comes to. But from my experience with feeling yarn, I'd say, well, that feels like one of those non-cotton materials that could retain heat and even in wick moisture, but retain your heat even when it's wet. And then synthetic fibers, I think, do that. So flannel, according to this, is commonly used to make tartan, clothing, blankets, bedsheets, and sleepwear. It may be brushed to create extra softness or remain unbrushed. Uh, Brushing is, oh, good, thank you for answering it, Wikipedia. Brushing is a mechanical process where a fine metal brush rubs the fabric to raise fine fibers from the loosely spun yarns 
to form a nap on one or both sides. If flannel's not napped, uh, here, hey, flannel, take a nap. Uh, it gains its uh, softness through loosely spun yarn in its woven form. Oh, boy, even a correction for people's assumptions. A flannel shirt is often mistakenly used to refer to any shirt with plaid or a tartan plaid pattern. However, flannel's just a, a fabric, and not all flannel shirts are plaid. Holy cow, you know, put that on a pillow. Not all flannel shirts are plaid. I could have told you that. Uh, the origin of the words uncertain Welsh origin suggests that it could have been a fabric similar traced back to Wales as early as the 16th century, Welsh cotton. Uh, French flannel is from the 17th century, German flannel, 18th century. And it goes on, but I think that, uh, oh, there's a diaper flannel. Now I want to say flannel. But then that makes me think of, well, yeah, stout diaper flannel, stout cotton fabric, uh, say, 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 Ceylon, C-E-Y-L-O-N, that's Watton, Watton, wool and cotton mixed together, Watton. How come they don't call that Watton or Wooten? What, what are you wearing? Wooten shirt? Uh, walking around drinking Worcester and Wooster. Worcester. Walking around Wooster, drinking Worcester in my Wooten shirt. Uh, cotton or uh, Canton flannel is cotton and baby flannel used for children's wear. Uh, okay, I'm glad we got that covered just so I didn't make any, like, uh, just so I could, uh, like, so, okay, let's make some other assumptions I have about flannel, though. Flannel is typically associated, in my mind, with a few different categories. One, of course, uh, people in the lumber, like, this isn't a, like, uh, this is more of an archetype, I guess, than an assumption. But archetypal lumber, lumberjacks and Janes uh, and lumber, people in the lumber industry, archetypal people, or people in cartoons, that's where I get most of my archetypes from, uh, wear flannel, maybe in flannel shirts. So that's one area. Or like you say, oh, you're like a mountain person. Oh, boy, are you impressive. Uh, so, okay, so that's one. Uh, here's a question. I have. I think I got, I think I got the Lumberjanes comic books, but I, I haven't had a chance to read them. So I'll have to look when I read those uh, if the Lumberjanes, if any of the Lumberjanes are wearing flannel. Uh, somebody's probably already emailing me and let me know. I appreciate that, too. Okay. Oh, other things. Grunge uh, is another place. That, that was like a 90s music scene style Seattle grunge, which has made some comebacks. Uh I mean, I don't know. So that's another thing I associate, or that flannel's associated with. I guess I don't, well, I guess I can see some people either from my past, because I, like, uh, lived in the grunge era, or just seeing people in my mind, or people dressed up like they're grunge for Halloween with a flannel shirt normally around their waist, though. Which I guess makes sense, um... Especially if you're in Seattle, Fl- Seattle place fl- flannel makes perfect sense. Especially flannel made from non-cotton material. Seattle, we give flannel a home that it's comfortable in, and you'll be comfortable in Seattle in flannel. Flannel in Seattle, two good things that go together. Seattle, the fl- the city of flannels, so the flannel city. No, we're the Emerald City, I think, but uh, Vancouver, the flannel city. Because Seattle didn't take it, and we said, well, we'll take it. Uh, that's a great idea, Scoots. Uh, so, okay, well, we got that solved. And then the Flannel City's probably saying, hey, what about us? We're Flannel. Uh, and I'd say, okay, there can be more than one Flannel City. Okay, also Flannel, over the past, like, 15 years, I've seen it come and go. I mean, it's one of those things that persists, but if you're stylish, it comes and it goes. Uh because I've seen people that I would consider stylish wearing flannel, 
But by the time I see them, then they're probably already getting, you know, they're probably already changing it up. But I would say when preppies dress down, they may be wearing flannel. But I don't know if there's preppies anymore. So I'd say that style, prep style, I don't know what, what it is anymore. Not that you couldn't be a, you could wear flannel if you're not a preppy. I have one flannel shirt. I use it mostly to walk the dog or as like a, as my secondary layer when, but then I say, well, I prefer something like a hooded sweatshirt most of the time, but I do have a, a one flannel shirt. I'm not sure if it's cotton or what it's made of. Um, so there's that. Uh, okay. So those are some things I associate with flannel. These are a few of the flannel things that I remember, uh, Lumber, Jackson, Janes, uh, and uh, Seattle grunge games. Those are a few of the flannel things. Uh, uh, cold, foggy evenings uh, and a chill in the spring. Those are a few of the flannel things I remember. Okay, so but this is not nothing to do with it. This is the, the uh, what is it? The, uh, what was the name of the story? A teapot? A teapot in flannel. And we'll start the story where, like, sometimes I start my stories in the beginning. Some starts a time I start them in, uh, you know, at various places. This one will start right in the middle of this journey. There's a teapot. And the teapot was out already on a journey when we catch up with this teapot because it, the teapot had seen where the teapot lived and stuff. Like, uh, like there was over the night, starting like many nights ago before the teapot left, uh, one, two, uh, one, two, three, and maybe it's a three and a half comets, which we never see. I mean, that I know about, like, uh, first of all, you, I know some of you are saying, Scoots, what's a half comet? I say, well, again, I'm not a, a, a astronomer or, a, like, a, I'm not a knower of the sky. I know the sky's up there. And this teapot was in the same boat as me. And the teapot didn't have internet because this story took place a while ago. It's been passed. It has it. This is one of those stories that was never passed down through generations. I had to go back uh, and get it. And they they said, "Why didn't you? Why hasn't the teapot and flannel been passed down from generation to generation, or you know, cross culturally, like in different ways?" And they said, "Have you heard the story? It puts everybody to sleep." And I say, "One day, so keep passing it on. One day, don't worry. One day, the story will serve. It's already serving its purpose. You didn't even realize it. it I guess, that, like, I probably won't do that if I have a time travel machine, but I should. It would be like when I'm making my poor decision, once I have access to a time travel, I'll say, well, I should just go back there and tell them, hey, tell the kids that flannel story or, you know, that uh story that bases, you know, what your clothing is made of and a traditional drink uh, that your culture drinks, a vessel, you know, tell that story, even though it puts kids to sleep, it's an important one. And they say, yeah, but we're trying to, and I say, yeah, but uh, you're putting everybody to sleep. It's actually, don't worry. Trust me, I'm from the future. And in the future, uh, trust me, it doesn't make any sense even to me, and I do it as a job, but it makes perfect sense. Uh, and I say, see how quiet. Well, here, here's what I'd say. Like, here's what I would do. I'd take them in a time machine to earlier in the day when all the kids were making noise. So I'd be breaking all sorts of time. I mean, I wouldn't be doing this because I'd be doing something else, like uh, whatever. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but uh, I would take the back in the day when the kids were being loud, and then I'd flat, flat, flash forward again to the present moment when they were in the middle of telling the story and all the kids were asleep, or the majority of the kids were asleep. I'd say, even look at those kids, they couldn't sit still. They fell asleep. Uh, oh, now we get it. Okay, so but so in this story, the teapot was out on a journey, because there was three and a half comets and 
five or six, you know, six new stars in the sky. What one night or over, over, I don't know. I didn't get the first part of the story because I was, just, I fell asleep before they started. I do my sleep podcast story collecting in reverse. Uh, but so, okay, three and a half comets. I just have to explain. It's like some, so there's three comets every night. You could see them in the sky, slowly transversing the night sky. Behind them, the six new stars. And then some nights you could pick up another comet, like maybe it's further away, maybe, I don't know, but it didn't appear every night as a full comet like the other three, but it was clearly the occasional comet, a whole nother story. And uh, so this teapot set out on a journey. Now, one thing that was interesting is that uh, because, like you say, Scoots, I thought you said this episode took place a long time ago. And I say, well, you took it as like three or 400 years ago. I just said it didn't have, the teapot didn't have access to the Internet. But the teapot, you say, how does a teapot tra- trans, how does a teapot go on a journey? And so believe it or not, this teapot uh, was in something that those of you that have like grown up in the past, now this is something I never had before either, but it was, these things were called power wheels. It's a, like a drivable, is a car for kids, uh, a battery powered car for kids, not for the road. I don't know. I'm trying to think if I've ever driven a power wheel. It's, uh, you could get them in different styles. uh, And this was not technically a power wheel. Believe it or not, it was something, it was a go-kart because it, it, uh, like, I don't know, but that's what the teapot was driving. Uh, But you you say, wait wait a second, what? I say, yeah, it looks like a a power wheel or a go-kart, but a power wheel is like a bat, like, I don't know, I always wanted one. I'm I'm glad I never had one because I think every time I wanted to drive one, when I went to somebody's house, they said, oh, it's not charged. Or they would drive. They would have fun driving around. They say, "Okay, the batteries ran out. You could drive it now." But you could see Power Wheels. There was a famous. There's many famous commercials. Really good jingle, which was just simply Power Wheels. Power, power Wheels. Power Wheels. Power makes it go, or something like that. Uh, but usually, for someone, especially me, that has trouble pronouncing words, it would go pop pow Power Wheels. So, okay, but this was not a branded, this is, not a, believe it or not, this is not a branded podcast. This podcast episode, not sponsored by Flannel or Power Wheels, uh, but Power Wheels, not exactly what's making this teapot go, but this teapot was going in a vehicle similar to that. just wanted to kind of put that image in your mind in a, in a very ineffective way. And strangely enough, this teapot was not the only person like 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 in this world, these small vehicles were how, huh, just like in our world, I guess he's saying. Well, I thought we were, but so this teapot was actually in this huge traffic jam of uh, other cars, uh, small cars like Power Wheels or Go Kart. Uh, now this teapot's vehicle was bright red. Holy cow! You'd say is it was it? I'd say it's candy apple red for mm, no cherry red. Uh, yeah, gumball, uh, hotball red, atomic hot. What are those called? Atomic hotballs? Are those a thing anymore? Atomic jawbreaker. There's a candy I haven't had in a while. Cinnamon ball. And, but so it was that was the color of the car. And the teapot was in the car. And every night, uh, well, for a while, the teapot had lived far away uh, from, like, uh, congestion. So it was just following where it thought the comets were going. But eventually other people got this idea, and the teapot had some more populated areas. And it was in this traffic jam. And in a... Now, the good thing about teapots is they could, like, you think this is a joke or a pun. It's not. It's easy for them to let off steam. So even in a, um, even in a teapot-based world or, you know, 
kitchen accoutrement base world. I don't know if that's what you call it, teapot, but uh, kitchen accessories, uh, vital, I don't know. But so teapots don't get as irritable as humans do in a traffic jam. But they do, like, try to consider all their options. So the teapot eventually was like, okay, like this main road, like a freeway, everybody's traffic jammed in here. Clearly, either there's a traffic, again, no internet. So Teapot wasn't sure if this was normal. Teapot had never been along this way before. And uh, we'll just call it Teapot T for, for, for efficiency's sake. Uh, teapot, except they like, uh, was like, okay, well, maybe I need to find an alternate route. And eventually pulled up against uh, next to a cab. And uh, the cab was carrying a couple saucers, uh, but the cab was also sentient. Where Teapot was driving, like, like, like uh, in this world, the cabs uh, were sentient too. Where Teapot's car was just a vehicle or power wheel. <laughs> power wheel, but, but so the Teapot said to the cab, like, uh, is, a lot, is this traffic normal? And uh, the, the cabbie said, well, it's like a, it's a mix of things. Like there's a lot of people trying to follow those comets. And then, yeah, this is like, a, yeah, it's a v- various layers of traffic here. It's not one cause, but probably exacerbated by the people following the comet. And I have no idea how far it's going to be. And I got to get these saucers somewhere. Uh, it's a kitten's birthday party, and they got to do the show, and, and then of course, then they, like it's this milk. I don't know. It's this whole thing, and uh, so I'm a, a bit worried. And I'm, believe it or not, like uh, you've been, I've been sitting in traffic, and I didn't plan it, and uh, I'm low on power, and so uh, I'm just I got to get to this next exit, but I don't even know. Once I get to the exit, I know where, the, like, I'm trying to get to the party because they don't really have time for me to stop and re-energize. Uh, and the teapot said, oh, wow, sounds like you're in a pickle. Maybe I could help you. And the cabbie said, well, what, what, what like, uh, great, thank you. Uh, is there anything I could do for you? And the teapot said, well, you know, I don't, I, it's a little embarrassing, but I'll be honest with you. I'm one of these people following the comets. Like, like you know, was, I know it's a big deal. And they all seem to be going in the same direction. And some people say they're millions of miles away or whatever, but it's got my attention. And I wasn't really doing anything. So I figured I'd go anyway and follow them and just have an adventure. And the cabbie said, wow, that's uh, very courageous of you uh, and very interesting. And, uh, um, but, but, but I, I actually asked how I could be of service to you. And the, the, the teapot said, well, I don't, I like, I, I really don't feel like I'm in an adventure sitting in traffic. So, in some sense, you'll be allowing me to go on an adventure by helping you. But uh, after I help you, I guess I'm trying to figure out where to go next. Uh, and the cabbie said, oh, like, you, 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 like uh, I could probably, like, uh, I'll look up a map while we're going. So I just need you to give me a push. Like, get behind me and push me because there's the exit. And, like, I'll tell you which way. Like, you just keep pushing me. Just follow me. I mean, while you're pushing me, you'll already be following me. We'll get these kittens to the, or the saucers to the kitten party. And I got to wait for them. So I can't really like take you on a guy, you know, I'm listening. This is like a full, like the people that are running the party are paying me to get the saucers there and back. These are the saucy saucer sisters. Uh, they sing song at like, uh, and then the teapot said, holy moly, really? Wow, great to meet you. But they were kind of like not, uh, they were super famous. So they were kind of not given the teapot at the time of day, which was fine for the situation. So the teapot starts pushing the cabbie. And the cabbie's looking up the maps while, you know, when the traffic's fully stopped. Uh, 
and the teapot's pushing, and eventually they get off this freeway, and they keep going, and whatever, they take a bunch of turns, roundabouts, uh, you know, up a hill, country roads, they get out to this uh, beautiful farm, and uh, there's all signs and balloons, like giant, you know, holy cow, if you think you've seen yarn, you've never seen yarn, like on this, it was a yarn farm, and balls of yarn, all that kind of stuff, uh, and uh, uh, whatever. So they get out there, and they had like a recharge station for the cab because it's, uh, I don't know, I don't know if it was like a, a real farm or an estate party farm, you know. But uh, the cabbie says, okay, like, uh, let me show you this map. Let's go over the map. The Saucer Sisters went to work, uh and they're going over the map, and then uh, the cabbie says, it looks like if you go along this, like, uh, road across the farm, like, I'll give you this map, uh, and you understand how to read a map? No. So they kind of went over the basics of it, uh, but also the, it was like a bit like a Thomas guide for this world, which, um, I'm trying to think how to explain it, or triptych but not exactly where it's a, like a book and a binder. It's a bunch of maps. Uh, and when you turn the page, like uh, you can look at a grid that sees where all the maps are. And then when you turn the page, the map is going either north, south, east, or west. But then if you have to go north, south, east, or west, you can find the page number at the side of the map. So it's like maps within maps laid out on a grid system, easy to cross-reference once you learn the system, which this, and this was more of a regional Thomas guide where uh, traditionally, like if you lived in Los Angeles, like when I lived there, Thomas guide was key to getting around before the internet. And I'd probably say, I guess because streets and stuff change, like uh, these apps have probably made it less... uh, I wonder if there was ever, there's probably, I wonder who owns that now. But, uh, so I don't know. So it was just, this was similar, but on a regional, like, like so more like not a triptych. I don't know. Triptych's a whole not Triptych's very similar. You could still get those, but I tried to get one and figure it out, but I couldn't. And this, this is actually the same thing the cabbie was explaining to uh, the teapot because the teapot said the only maps I've ever seen were the ones, you know, that you just fold, like the one I have, uh, which just covers like it was like a state map in their world. And so the cabbie then explained what a, what a Thomas guide was, uh, which they called a Flushen guide there because it was just based on whoever, Flushen. Yeah, you say, Scoots, can you say that one more time so we know it's not a made-up word? Flushen. Don't ask me later, though, because they just called it the FG anyway. But then the cabbie said, like, a triptych uh, is similar, like you would go to the uh, AAA in our world, and if you remember, and then you'd say, hey, I need a triptych to go from this place to this place, and just like you would do on your app, but they would do it there. I think you had to order it, but they would assemble maps on the most efficient journey with highlights, but also you could fold the map out to have like a more area map, and I had suggestions for where to stop. That was what a triptych was. Now... Why is that important? I don't know. It just popped in my head and distracted. Well, the cabbie was like, okay, so this is how you're going to go. But, you know, obviously you're going to, you might change your mind or, or like, I want you to know how to look up and find where you are. Basic wayfinding lesson. Now, meanwhile, while all this is going on, but right, right towards where, uh, and they were listening to the saucy saucer sisters sing and dance, so that was very soothing. And uh, I don't know, they were getting to the point. It was like a beautiful evening. Comets were in the sky. Five, you know, the six new stars. All four, three and a half or four comets were in the sky at this point. But then there was this uh, hubbub, right? Uh, and the next thing they knew. This, uh, 
like a duck was very uh, like was in a bad mood and was like uh, giving a very uh, intense speech to this placemat, which uh, in this case was a flannel placemat. Spoiler, but uh, not totally a spoiler. And the, the placemat kind of had its head down. And uh, the duck was the, the basic crux of what the duck was duck was saying was that your job was to sit still. Your job is to be placed. You're a mat place mat, uh, and you know even said you're the worst at wool I've ever seen. You know, like uh, and basically was like they they were uh, jointly deciding that this place mat would no longer be employed at this. Uh, and even the things that I'd give, like, if, like some of the kittens could just play with you. But the placement said, no, I'd prefer to uh, go out on my own. And the placement was pleasantly surprised because the placement, at least internally, was like, okay, well, I got a long walk ahead of me. I don't even know where I'm going to go. And that's what the placement said when its face lit up in surprise at seeing the cabbie and the teapot in a pow, pow, power wheel. And it said, holy cow, uh, hi, I just got, just, uh, my employment status just went from full-time to uh, free, and it looks like I'm on an adventure. And the teapot said, funniest thing, I'm on an adventure right now, too. And the cabbie kind of looked at both of them, and a light went on, like, uh, it was a glove box light, but it really was, like, also, and the cabbie said, you know what? Like, the hardest thing about being a cabbie, like, I know most of these maps by heart. Like, I only have to look at a map when I'm stopped and, and uh, you know, I'm going someplace new. But usually I already plan out my route and then I double check it so that my mind's absorbed the material. But, you know, I don't have anybody, like, part of this idea of the Thomas Guide or the triptych is that it's a team effort because... Uh, and, and like the f- f- flannel placement actually was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I remember when I was just uh, like a wool ball, like the ones you see out there made of yarn. Uh, and uh, we, we, so the placement was actually familiar with this stuff. So then we didn't have to, no one had to re-explain it, even in a sleep podcast. But the, but the, um, the cabbie said, you know, you need somebody to help you. Uh, like it works better as a team, basically. Trip Tick, Thomas Guide works better with a like a driver and navigator. And uh, so maybe the two of you could work together. And the placement said, Work together at what? And the uh, teapot said, Well, I'm trying to find, I'm following these comets that have been in the sky, and it's just kind of been an adventure, like, uh, so far, so I guess I'm kind of following the 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 the, the comets, and I'm like enjoying the new stars, and curious about it, and thinking about it, and and uh, that's my adventure. I'm trying to follow their comets, basically. And so I know realize, and if that's your opinion, I respect it, and I don't need to hear it. But that some people would say this is pointless, and that's impossible. And the placement said, well, I got nothing to do, and I love this idea. Would you have me as your navigator or your helper? And the teapot said, why not? Why don't we get going? And then they had, you know, like a bit of an extended goodbye with the cabbie because, uh, or the cab, because they had developed a quick friendship. And then they went out behind the farm. They took a right, uh... Then they took, uh, they take a right, then another right, uh, then a left. Uh, then they went up this really big, big hill. Then the kind of hill went down a little bit, and then they rode for a while straight. Uh, then they went on a curve, uh, I think left. Uh, and then they came across, uh, it was a one more, one more hill and one more curve, uh, they saw in the distance this giant lighthouse. Uh, and the lighthouse was cool, because, at least to me, because I'd never seen 
well, probably have seen. But typically, this was like a like a sea blue lighthouse or a sky blue lighthouse uh, towering up in the distance with a light on it, you know, scanning the sea so they, they, like, uh, they could see the sea. And they said, wow, that is some lighthouse. Uh, and the uh, placement said, you know, so, so, so strangest thing is like that, uh, you know, lighthouse is higher up. It's got a great view. And uh, I, I've heard, I've heard word that, and uh, the uh, 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 said, where'd you hear word from? And I said, well, we've only been driving whatever, however many hours it was. It was actually like a lot longer than I made it sound because uh, it was the next night. The uh, the placement said, well, I heard at another party we had at the farm that I was working at uh, before I was a placemat. Only recently became a placemat, and I'm just not, it's, being a placemat's not my thing. And the teapot said, okay, but we were talking about, uh, uh, oh, and it said, okay, so I heard from some guests at the party that they had been at a lighthouse, and the lighthouse had had astronomy equipment, uh, like stuff to look at the comets from. But this was before the comets, so they were just looking at the stars and the moon and the stuff in the sky. And uh, the teapot said, Wow, so we could look at the comets and uh, in the, in the placement city, and we could get a better idea of where they're going, and maybe even get a better view of the comets. Uh, and so they drove. They drove down. Now this was a very big uh, lighthouse, and it was on like a coastal isthmus. Uh, so anybody who's ever driven in that kind of situation knows it takes a while. Like you get your anticipation build up, and then you go, "Oh boy." It's a lot of turning and going up and going back down. And eventually, like halfway out to Isthmus, they came across like a quiet little town. The definition of quaint, holy moly. I don't know what they call those roofs that look like they're beautiful. Like, I don't know. Are those gingerbread roofs or something? But beautiful roofs, different colors, cobblestone streets, the whole nine yards. And, you know, they drove through town and uh, they stopped and uh, they said, hey, like, uh, there's a, like, uh, we're just uh, driving through town here. And they said, where are you heading? They said, to the lighthouse. They said, oh, boy, uh, did you know? You're, are you really going to the lighthouse? Uh, and they said, well, we're trying. Is there some sort of obstacle in our path? Uh and they said, well, there's an obstacle in our path because we need, we're uh, the last town before the lighthouse. And, you know, this we've been a quaint spot and we lost a lot of people that are following the comet. Uh, and also, like, a lot of our younger residents, you know, they move on to the big city. We're actually the home of the Saucer Sisters. Uh, and they said, you got to be kidding me. And they said, no, 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 like... Uh, they're actually just best friends. But anyway, the, yeah, they grew up here. And ever since they, like, like hit it big, uh, they uh, everybody kind of it kind of encouraged our town to dream. Not a bad thing. But the thing is, is that uh, it uh, it's interrupted our, uh, like, we can't get anybody to run the lighthouse. And... They said, uh, like, it's just been this thing. And the other thing is we have very, like, 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 so that's one thing. And they said, well, it looks like it's running fine. And they said, well, we got to leave the light on all the time. That's not normally how we do it. Uh, and uh, so it's like, like, we, they, they said, it's hard to explain, but basically we're all volunteering to, to keep the lighthouse moving and all that stuff. And in the past we've had lighthouse keepers and, or, well, they, they keep the lighthouse and then, you know, they run the lights and, you know, so we were hoping you were here to apply for the job 
And they said, well, we don't know anything. And they said, oh, you could get, you could learn. And then the the townspeople said, well, why don't you go look at, they, they said, why don't you go look at the lighthouse and stuff? And they said, well, can you tell us more about this job just so we know about it? And they said, okay, so normally this lighthouse is part of the path. Like if you look off to the west or your left, uh, you're going to see like this isthmus sticks out. Uh, and so it's to, so everybody can avoid this isthmus, right? But at this point, uh, normally, like ships are only supposed to come through when the moon is uh, like between half full and half half. Like uh, anything less than half full, or you know whether it's coming or going, ships are not supposed to be traveling in this region. Because there's a couple places that the moonlight, like there's there's other places that don't have a lighthouse that you probably, if, if as long as you have half moonlight, easy to avoid. And because our lighthouse is lit, then you say, okay, so I know how far to go out. Uh, but the rest of the time, the lighthouse is off, uh, the light uh and now you're not off duty because then you're keeping the lighthouse, which is a bit of work. And that comes, that's part of the job. Free room and board, you get paid. Uh, and then the light's off and then we all sleep a lot better because the way the light, that lighthouse works, it just throws off. It's a particular type of lens they use because we're, we're just trying to, again, tough to explain until you get into the job. But that uh, keeps us all up at night and... Or just doesn't, our quality of sleep is not the same. Because also there's a slight buzzing uh, up there. And so, uh, yeah, so we, we want to shut that light lighthouse off uh, because then we sleep, our sleep schedule, you know, we don't sleep like those mammals. Uh, our sleep schedule is based on the, the, the moon. And this was utterly confusing to the uh, teapot and the, fl- the fl- flannel placemat. But they said, okay, we kind of get it. Uh, but, yeah, can we go see the lighthouse? They said, oh, by, go ahead, go down there, uh, uh, go on upstairs. You know, there's probably, we don't, I, I could check who's on duty, but somebody nice, we're all nice around here. And, you know, check it out, see what you think. Uh and so they headed out, and uh, they headed down there. And this just happened to be one of the times when the moon was less than half full. But, you know, what they didn't explain was uh, kind of what they got. So they went to the lighthouse. Uh, then they knocked on the door. Now, actually, this was another team job. There was actually, like, a bell you rang. But it took them a while to figure that out because they had never been there before. And the bell rang in one place. Like it was one of those bells on a rope that went way up with pulley system. But so at this time, like there's two people there. One person, kind of like this team thing with the guiding. So one person came down. They said, hey. And they said, hey, we just started. By. They said, you're here for the lighthouse job? You're not from around here. And uh, the, the flannel placemat and a... Uh, Teapot, uh, perfect. Uh, you two, you look like you already work well together. And I said, "Well, I'm keeping like a, you know, I'm I'm off duty, so you know, I answer the door and stuff. Uh, and, and my partner's upstairs, uh, and uh, we're you know we're tuckered out." And they said, "Okay, well," uh, and then the, the, the teapot said, "Okay," you know, and they said, "Well, come upstairs, we'll talk." Uh, and they said, uh, okay, well, uh, they, like, uh, this, this is the, uh, lighthouse. This is the light, uh, and, you know, when you're on duty, currently we, we kept, we had, they had to run in this like wheel, like a bit like a hamster wheel, but you don't have to run fast, uh. And they said, yeah, this is like how we keep it going. Uh, that's what keeps the light on. That's why we like we would prefer to uh, 
they explain that to get the light started takes a lot of energy running really fast. Uh, but then otherwise, you just have to kind of, you don't even have to do it all the time. But there's a clock that lets you know. Like when it winded up, they said, it's just too tiring for us. It's easier for us to keep the light on all the time. Like we're just, uh, with all the volunteers and stuff. Uh, and they said, whoa, look at all these telescopes. And they said, oh, you like telescopes? Yeah, we, 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 if the light was out, we could be looking at the comets and stuff. Uh, and learn, you, you really learn more about the, you'd learn so much about astronomy and things. You, you would be blown away at how much you, you, could, you could see the comets. You could see what they're made of. Uh, you can even see that there's four comets all of the time. It's just the way the sunlight and the moonlight is that you can't see the fourth one all of the time. And the placemat and the teapot, because they've been talking a lot about comets in their downtime when they're driving. So they were like, wow. Uh, and they said, well, uh like uh this is pretty cool so you'd live we'd live here and uh, they said could we try it out and they said well we'd prefer like a six to 12 month commitment so we could catch up on our sleep uh but you could try it out for a couple days and see what you think we'd just ask you know they keep it lit for now and that we'll just stay here with you because there's guest rooms and so they did. They tried it out, and they learned kind of the basics of this type of uh, energy source and lighting and and moving it around and, and actually, like, at the perfect time because there was really no stakes. And they said, okay, and we can keep a volunteer coming by at night uh, to help one of you, uh, whoever's running the light and whoever's off-duty. And... Uh, you know, you know, we, we could do all that. Uh, and then the t said, well, you know, like, uh, but we could sleep during the day, right? So, and they said, well, sometimes it's like one hot lighthouse keeper. You could figure out your schedule between the two of you. And they said, one other thing to know, though, is it's like pretty chilly up here uh, at the top of the tower when you're running, even when you're kind of moving the wheel based on the wheel schedule. And so you'll have to think about that. Uh, and they said, okay, well, we'd like to see the lighthouse without the light on before we take the job. Uh, and they said, okay. But then if you do, if we do it, you, ha- you two have to get it restarted because all of us here, you know, we've just lived full lives. So running that wheel, it'd probably take the two of you to get the light restarted. Uh, not too long, but again, you know, you're a healthy teapot and a, a placemat. So they shut down the light and, uh, like, mostly because they wanted to look through the telescopes, which couldn't see through because of the light when the lighthouse was uh, lit up. Uh, and they were blown away. And the teapot already said, okay, now I realize what everyone was telling. Like, this is my adventure. Uh, like, because uh, the teapot immediately was, uh, like, uh, went from having this distant kind of fantasy goal of following the the uh, comets to suddenly now studying the comets. But, uh, in, in the flannel placement also said, like, I love, uh, one, I really have extra energy to burn, so running this wheel is great for me. But also, you know, what what had happened between the two of them formed this deeper bond. And, and they realized also that uh, there was a physical connection between the two of them because the placemat could surround the teapot. And the teapot, again, I didn't get into this mechanics of the teapot, but of course it's made to keep a tea hot or, you know, warm. And they realized, like, that they're... Uh, partnership was more than just, you know, uh, wayfinding and working together. It was much more deeper than that. They were in love. Uh, and they found that their love and companionship could sustain one another through cold nights, metaphorical, but also real ones. 
and eventually they learned that they had separate interests uh, and skills within the lighthouse and astronomy community. And the thing about the placemat was like, the placemat said, okay, well, like how much are we, like what's the budget for the lighthouse? Uh, Because we could bring on other part-time help uh, because I know plenty of, uh, people out on the you know the, 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 there's a lot of like uh, wool being produced uh, and placemats and other flannel things like I, I probably could get some more young people in this community not all full-time and the teapot discovered like uh, these libraries these astronomy like astronomy clubs uh, but also a profession as an astronomer and, and found out like the wonder of these comets, the real wonder of these comets. And in their world, it was much more than just flying ice or whatever a comet is in our world. So it did, there were other payoffs, uh, like, uh, cause the comets were going somewhere to cool something down, which again, doesn't happen in our world, but they said they were balls of ice traversing the sky but they are going to, you know, some demi or, or full-fledged uh, uh, spiritual being needed some ice water, and this there's a famous uh, four comets, six stars for one. That's another tale: uh, ice water for a celestial being. Uh, that was a theory that uh, gained great acclaim. And happened all, all was formulated at the top of this. Well, not all at the top of the White House, but uh, I don't know. So that's like that's how it ended up. Uh, was like uh, most nights uh, when it was cool up there, you would think they were one because uh, the the flannel placemat would be around the teapot. Uh, the flannel would be holding the heat in. The teapot would be, you know, they they were uh, together. Uh, Keeping one another, sustaining one another through cold nights uh, when the the moon was less than half full or almost getting towards half full. So that's a famous story that I, I say, well, okay, I could see how it wasn't popular. Uh, this is my version of a tale that was not told through time, but maybe if people in the past knew that it could help people get the rest they need, just like... Those two would rest uh, intertwined, or sometimes they say, "No, I'm going to take a nap. You keep working." Uh, uh, that's uh, the tale of the uh, teapot and flannel. Good night, everybody.